You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. Pitchers and catchers have reported, and I'm previewing WWE Fastlane on the most valuable podcast, MVP. Hello. Hi. Do you want to go to a party with me? No. The game's on. Oh, I almost forgot. I'll be right there. We like sports and we don't care who knows. From shooting hoops to the Super Bowl. We like sports and we don't care who knows. Football, football, football. Tennis. Hockey. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to the most valuable podcast, MVP on the Next Wave Radio Network. I'm Matt, and uh, if you're watching me on Periscope, you obviously know that I am flying solo here. Uh, That's because Danny can't make it this week, but that's all right. I've hosted this thing solo before. I'm happy to do it again, and, uh, you know, not not too terribly much to talk about, obviously, uh, as we continue on this week, we're going to end up having a little bit more uh, to talk about as uh, pitchers and catchers have reported. Plus, uh, we begin the final uh, the final stretch to WrestleMania uh, with the first week after Fastlane. But uh, as I said, we are the most valuable podcast MVP, and uh, you can listen to us on the Next Wave Radio Network at nextwave-radio.com. You can also listen to us on iTunes. Just look us up, Most Valuable Podcast, or you can look us up at Next Wave Radio. Uh, you can also hear us on Podcast Addict and Podcast Republic. And, uh, yeah, feel free to listen to all the fantastic shows over there on the Next Wave Radio Network. Uh, so we'll go ahead and jump into it because it's a fantastic time of the year. By the way, if you're watching me on Periscope, you can see that it's just uh, me talking and I'm in the car. Uh, don't worry. Definitely paying attention to the road. So it really just looks like I'm talking to myself here. But... Pitchers and catchers are purported. Uh, I think there's only like five more teams left to do that, and they'll uh, they'll do that on Monday. I don't know why they split it up as much like that, but uh, it's a, it, it's a magical time of the year. It's spring. Everybody's in first place. Everybody is in the best shape of their lives, and uh, everybody is full of optimism. It doesn't matter what team you are, whether you're the rebuilding Reds or whether you're the defending world champ Kansas City Royals. Uh, so, you know, first first things first, we've had a couple of uh, big big signings. Actually, really just one big signing and a lot of speculation on another one. The Baltimore Orioles uh, finally made a move to sign Giovanni Gallardo. And uh, that was something that I, I think must have been at least a week and a half to two weeks in the making. Uh, talks started a, a, a few days ago for sure. And every beat writer out there had said they are slowly moving along. Talks are slowly moving, slowly progressing. Well, they finally got the deal done. Uh, I guess that was Saturday. Is uh, Saturday evening is when they got that done. Uh, because Giovanni Gallardo had turned down the qualifying offer, he was going to uh, he's going to uh, be attached to a draft pick. So the Orioles end up losing their first-round draft pick spot, which means that the Texas Rangers, who had Gallardo last year, end up sliding up one pick. I think they get pick number 19. It's kind of remarkable for the Rangers, uh, without having done really too terribly much of anything, have slid up about five or six draft picks uh, for the first round because of a bunch of teams ahead of them, signing all of these uh, free agents that had qualifying offers given to them, and they turned them down. But uh, Baltimore ends up giving up that draft pick and signing Gallardo to, I think it was three years and $35 million, something like that. Maybe an overpay, uh, but for Baltimore, 
I can definitely tell you that they needed some sort of solidified, experienced veteran starter, and that's what Gallardo gives you. Um, while he certainly is on the decline as far as his stuff goes, uh, fastball velocity has dropped, K per nine has dropped, uh, contact has gone up. Uh, he he's a durable guy, and maybe he doesn't give you you know 200 innings. Uh, but he'll get you close to 180, and for the Orioles, as long as they've got that guy that they can turn to every fifth day, even if he only goes five or six innings, that's definitely a bigger need for the Orioles than it was for the Rangers, who could have uh, who could have bothered to make that kind of an offer, who could have bothered to keep Giovanni Gallardo. But the Rangers have about eight depth pieces behind their uh, ideal starting five. Um, and that ideal starting five being Cole Hamels, Hugh Darvish, Colby Lewis, Derek Holland, Martin Perez. All of that should be manifesting sometime around late June. Uh, and again, behind that, they've got eight people that can fill the gap. Not that they're going to be permanent number five starters or anything like that, or uh, they really shouldn't be uh, going a full season's worth of starts, but they're there to bridge the gaps until somebody comes off of the DL or somebody uh, gets traded or, or gets brought up to more permanently fill that space. So Gallardo was ultimately not really a necessity for the Rangers. It would have been a nice piece, but the Rangers tend to deal in pieces that uh, will help them kind of just... I don't want to say get by. That's kind of a really bad way of putting it. Uh, but the Rangers tend to not make really big moves unless they really need them. There's never been a you know a, a glamour a glamour get so to speak for the Texas Rangers. They've never just gone out and acquired something simply to acquire. The only thing I can think of would be Josh Hamilton early last year uh, when they traded uh, to get him back from the Angels. But even then, uh, the cost was so astronomically low and their left field situation was kind of up in the air anyways that Josh Hamilton wasn't that big of a gamble to take. And you could argue that they needed somebody with the presence of Hamilton in that lineup. Now, uh, Gallardo was, again, like I said, just kind of a nice uh, icing on the cake kind of piece. Uh, if the Rangers can end up keeping with the same uh, rotation there of Lewis, Holland, and Perez, if those three can stay healthy for the whole season, uh, along with Cole Hamels, if Hamels ends up staying. So that's four people right there. If they stay healthy through the whole season, they're going to be in pretty good shape. And Gallardo, there wouldn't have been a place for him anyways. Uh, also going on with spring training there, uh, it's always funny. We always get a good round of really uh, awkward injuries, so to speak. You know, last year it was Jake Peavy with, uh, he was he was fishing, I think, and uh, he cut his hand while he was fishing. I think it was with his son. Uh, somebody else was making a peanut butter sandwich, I think it was, and he cut his hand. I forget who that was, but I mean, if you go back in the archives of the Most Valuable Podcast, and you can do that at nextwave-radio.com, see what I did there, uh, you can go back and find out who it was that cut their hand uh, making a peanut butter sandwich. I want to say it was Matt Kane of the Giants. I think that's who it was. But anyway, this year, the first spring training injury uh, happened kind of early. It uh, happened really before position players ended up needing to report. 
the person in question is a position player. Uh, and uh, it is Los Angeles Dodgers second baseman Micah Johnson, who was acquired in a three-team deal when the Chicago White Sox ended up getting uh, Todd Frazier from the Reds. They uh, they ended up sending uh, Micah Johnson from their system to uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers. So the Dodgers' Micah Johnson was apparently in his kitchen holding an avocado and... Um, when he went to go take the pit out of the avocado, because you know you kind of you're supposed to use the back end of that knife, right? And you're supposed to hammer down into that pit, twist it, and pull it out. Well, either he didn't use the right side of the knife, or he missed, or something. But uh, Johnson ended up cutting his hand open while he was removing the pit from an avocado. Really awkward-looking injury. Uh, really just one of those that you're kind of ashamed to say that you got it uh but hey people ask questions all the time right so uh that's uh, a <laughs> that's one of those uh that's one of those uh, awkward spring training injuries i'm sure there will be plenty more to come plenty more to come we've also got your uh, array of regular injuries although at this point in the season uh the fact that there's only been one really bad uh injury that will cause somebody to miss some time during the regular season that's been reported, that's kind of pretty impressive. Uh, we got a whole bunch of people recovering from surgeries either sustained in the offseason or, or dating back to before last year. Uh, what? Stand by oh, you're... Hey, you know what? That's, that's great. I, I see Danny here on Periscope, and uh, I really shouldn't be reading this while I'm driving, so sorry, my bad. Um, but anyway, uh, so Tanner Shepherds of the Rangers was actually, uh, he opted not to have knee surgery. He had been, uh, he had had his knee bothering him for a little bit uh, during last season with Texas. Uh, he could have had surgery this off season, but he kind of decided against it because after some treatment, the swelling had gone down. He wasn't really going to need to uh, have any kind of work done to him. But as he started throwing bullpen sessions on Friday, it was discovered that uh, the swelling had indeed gone back up, and that was uh, that was going to be cause enough for him to do. Uh, to, do, to have surgery, so Shepard's is going to miss the first half of the season. Not that I really think anybody in Texas was counting on Tanner Shepard's to be a core member of this bullpen again like he was, I guess, three years ago. Wow, has it already been three years since Shepard's was involved in that final man vote for, uh, for the All-Star game? Kind of hard to believe that. But, uh, yeah, so uh, Shepard's won't be there for half of the year for the Rangers. As as far as everything else baseball-related concerns, um, I guess another bit of Rangers news, but it's making national news too, is that uh, uh, the Rangers had a uh, had a promotion last uh, this past weekend where they invited a whole bunch of fans into the ballpark. I think you had to make a down payment on season tickets uh, to take some swings at Globe Life Park in Arlington, and if you hit a home run, you would get free season tickets. Well, this one guy, I guess his name was Byron Johnson, or Byron, I forget, Byron something or other, uh, he ended up swinging for the fences, and he actually hit a home run deep into the left field bleachers 
and uh, he won himself some season tickets, uh, which is highly impressive. Uh, he's an ex-college player, uh, guy who hadn't really picked up the bat, and I guess in too terribly long, but he asked uh, Rangers director of entertainment Chuck Morgan if uh, college players could go ahead and take their swings, and Chuck said as long as the deposit was made for season tickets, uh, you were all good to go. So he did that. He went there, took a few hacks. The video's up online, and I think Intentional Talk is going to end up uh, <clears throat> covering his story on Monday when they re-air. So pretty good little bit of national news for the Rangers there. All right, uh, so barring any other significant news that has happened, I think uh, the Orioles are in pursuit of Dexter Fowler, who's still without a home, and then Ian Desmond is still without a home, so kind of nuts. But uh, we'll go ahead and move on to WWE Fastlane, which is happening tonight, tonight being Sunday. If you're listening to this, it's Monday, so you'll get to hear what my predictions are for this event after you've already seen them happen. WWE Fastlane, the last pay-per-view on the road to WrestleMania, uh, and it's kind of... I don't know. I don't want to say an underwhelming card, but it, it's not really an exciting card, I'd say. It's uh, it's kind of filled with a bunch of stopgap uh, matches, uh, and, and really the most exciting match or the one with the most impact and circumstance is the main event, which is a triple threat between Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, and Dean Ambrose. And I don't know. Have you guys ever had something that was so obvious a finish that it was almost too obvious, if that makes any sense. Like, it seems so clear that on paper Roman Reigns should walk out of here tonight as the number one contender for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, go on to face Triple H at WrestleMania. That's a really obvious ploy, given everything that Roman has gone through, given everything that... uh, that, that has transpired between Roman and Triple H and the authority and all of that. The fact that Triple H eliminated Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble. It's just, it's way too easy to just say that Roman Reigns is going to end up facing uh, Triple H at, at WrestleMania. With that being said, it, it kind of doesn't make sense for Dean Ambrose to go over and... From all accounts, it looks like the Wyatt family is probably going to start gunning for Brock Lesnar here um, after they have their little Titan match with uh, Kane, the Big Show, and Ryback. More on that later, although I don't know why I would do more on that. But uh, I got to say the odds are probably 85% good that Roman Reigns will win tonight. But just, I mean, think about it. What if it is Dean Ambrose? What if WWE actually doesn't do that whole predictable thing uh or i don't know what 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 would be the potential reaction if roman reigns won obviously he's not really in the crowd crowd's favor right now that's more on dean ambrose's side but storyline wise does anything else really make sense i guess the only thing you can think of is that dean ambrose now no longer has the intercontinental championship and so that's not really anything that's tying him down and he could be slated to go ahead and enter a program with Triple H uh, for WrestleMania, which might lead to jealousy on Roman Reigns' part. But see, now you're just taking the string and leading along further and further, going out farther and farther, uh, making up storylines as you go along. Who knows? Anyway, I'm thinking Roman Reigns goes ahead and walks out tonight. But if Dean Ambrose wins, I won't 
I won't be surprised. Maybe other people will be surprised that they went with the unsurprising choice. I don't know. That, it's weird. I'm saying Roman Reigns wins that one. The other one, the other title matches that are happening, uh, one of them is the United States Championship, uh, where Kalisto is going to defend once again against Alberto Del Rio. And, uh, oh, God, I, I wrote a piece for this over at ringsidenews.com where Kalisto just has to walk out of here as the United States Champion. Uh, Alberto Del Rio is has really just gone nowhere since he came back. Uh, even him winning the U.S. Championship from Cena when he kind of shocked the world, quote-unquote, and came back in Hell in a Cell, not even that was super impressive, honestly. Uh, the fact that he is in the League of Nations, which I think three-fourths of them are not sidelined, but they're definitely dealing with some sort of ailment. I think that kind of goes against him as well. Uh, and, and yeah, I just I don't see Del Rio being involved in any kind of exciting program at WrestleMania, uh, except to just serve as a run-in for on behalf of uh, Vince McMahon uh, in the main event as part of the League of Nations. That's it. Del Rio just isn't a name. It's He's not a household name. Kalisto, on the other hand, Slammy Award winning. Uh, he's, he's definitely got one of those... Uh, you know, one of those in-ring styles that gets the crowd on its feet. People are really behind him. And plus, speaking of dead weight, Sin Cara is kind of a dead weight as well. The guy can't keep himself uh, healthy for the life of him. Uh, he even just seems like he's just lost so much interest in doing what he's doing when he's teaming with Kalisto. Uh, now, you know, Kalisto... Is, I say Kalisto retains, and I say that he goes on to WrestleMania uh, to put that title on the line in a ladder match, uh, very similar to the one, to the ladder match that they had uh, last year for the Intercontinental Championship. That's what I think is uh, is going to end up happening. Uh, speaking of the Intercontinental Championship, that one is going to be on the line. Kevin Owens, who just won it on Monday from Dean Ambrose, is going to put it on the line against Dolph Ziggler. Uh, is there anybody that really thinks Dolph Ziggler is going to have a chance at winning this? Uh, yeah, it's kind of like what people used to say about Santino Morella a few years ago. Uh, he can take a loss and not suffer because his character is so strong that he can make it keep going. He can keep going with that character and uh, lose and everyone will still be okay with him. Dolph Ziggler is kind of the same, although I think people are getting really just kind of fed up and bored with his whole character and his direction. I think Dolph is getting kind of bored with it too. But, you know, Dolph can put on a an excellent quality match here tonight uh, and lose, and it's not going to hurt his brand. It's really not. So I think Kevin Owens ends up uh, retaining that belt tonight. Plus, it's only it's been less than a week since he had it, so I think Owens retains. Uh, going on to the... Divas side of things. Uh, Charlotte is going to defend against Brie Bella, who all of a sudden finds herself in a face roll and without Alicia Fox because Daniel Bryan retired. So we're playing to the emotions of the crowd here. It's just going to be one of those uh, feel good matches where you root for Brie Bella. You're, you're hoping that she wins. She's going to take it to the guy, to the evil person that made fun of her family, decided to you know, call her out on Daniel Bryan retiring and all of that. But ultimately, that's all it is. It's just going to be one of those teases where uh, Brie const constantly looks like she's going to have a victory and then doesn't end up actually 
having a victory. So Charlotte's going to retain there too. The uh, the tag team titles are not up for grabs at this pay per view, which I think is kind of weird. I think it's interesting. Uh, the New Day is actually going to be on uh, the Cutting Edge Peep Show. I don't know if that's a pre-show segment or if that's actually going to be during the pay-per-view. I really hope not. Um, but when the champs are actually on a talk show, that usually means that something is going to end up happening. And whether they d- end up putting the titles on the line tonight or whether maybe a new tag team is introduced tonight to, uh, to challenge for their titles... Yeah, see, I think I'm with Danny. I'm with Danny. If you're on Periscope, you just saw Danny right there uh, say that Enzo and Big Cass are debuting tonight. I think that's what's going to happen during the Cutting Edge Peep show is that uh, the Jersey boys end up uh, end up debuting tonight. I don't know if they're actually going to go into a match tonight, but I really think that New Day and Enzo and Cass are going to be uh, involved in a match at WrestleMania. I really hope so. My other scenario is that the Cutting Edge Peep Show happens after Y2J versus AJ Styles 2, and then uh, some sort of mutual respect is gained between them. Uh, maybe, I, I don't know, some, something might end up happening where Y2J and AJ Styles end up teaming together. Not really sure if that's going to happen. Maybe that's just my own fantasy world where I, I take booking and I just think of it way too much. Over on uh, Naomi and Tamina. And then Sasha turns on Becky because, um, you know, who hasn't turned on Becky Lynch? Uh, so that being said, I think that's uh, that's all. Uh, no, wait, nope. the Wyatts. The Wyatts are taking on the, uh, what are they calling them? The Titans of WWE? Um, it's a really, really weird, quickly thrown together match um, with Kane, the Big Show, and, uh, and Ryback who looks really weird in his new gear, uh, mostly because there's no gimmick change. It's really just uh, an attire change. And I think if you're Ryback, you've got to go beyond the feed me more stuff. You really do. But uh, the Wyatt family faces off against the Titans of WWE. I don't know who wins. I don't care who wins. Uh, I just know that the Wyatts are destined for bigger and better things when you get to WrestleMania. So... Uh, that I think is going to wrap it up here. I just pulled into where my destination was going to be and there's not really too terribly much, uh, more going on in the world of sports. I could analyze NBA trades, but, um, some of them are still happening. There's apparently a three team deal that just got done, uh, because of a trade deadline extension. But when Danny and I reconvene next week, we'll, uh, we can break those down a little more if we feel like it. So, uh, so until then, you guys, uh, again, this is the most valuable podcast, MVP. You can follow the show at MVP Next Wave. You can follow me at Next Wave MLB. And Danny, I know you're there. Um, they can follow you at Center Stage DS. Uh, you can also listen to us at nextwave-radio.com on iTunes. Just look up the most valuable podcast or look up Next Wave Radio. Uh, and then, of course, Podcast Addict and Podcast Republic. So uh, until next week when uh, we should be getting ready for our first slate of spring training games and also uh, well on our way to WrestleMania. Uh, until then, all I got to say to you guys is go see faces like what, 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 We like sports and we don't care who knows. From the pregame jokes to the wrap-up show. We like sports and we don't care who knows. Football, football, tennis, hockey, golf. Throw me the baseball. 
Now toss me the pigskin. Now feed me the rock. Now give me the rock. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.